0: This is a message from Life Church Leads. We hope it encourages and helps you. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 44 to 49. Okay, it says this. I'm going to read it just straight into it. It says, If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Everybody say spiritual. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, the first Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that came the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as if we have been born the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. You might be slightly confused by those verses. Let me put it really simply to you. Paul is basically saying to us, number one, we have a body. And number two, we have a spirit. All of us have a body, came first, and then we also have a spirit. The Bible says in the book of Genesis that God breathed life. That breathing is the pneuma. It is the <sighs> where God breathed life into the nostrils of man at creation. And man, humanity, men and women, me and you, we became a living being. No longer were we just a shell. No longer were we just moving parts and moving bones. No, we became a living being. Being, not just a living doing, but a living being because of the breath of God. It is what separates human beings from dogs and cats. And uh, I know dogs and cats are loved, and you have your dog and you have your cat, and they are lovely creatures and they are lovely creations. Um, and they too have bodies, but God didn't breathe <laughs> pneuma life into dogs and cats. God did not breathe spiritual life into your Rex or into my Kenny, okay? As beautiful as they are, no, God breathed spiritual life into you. Are we in agreement on that? Yeah. Or some of you think your dogs are filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's weird theology, Okay? And I'm not against cats or dogs. I love them. And animals of God's creation are amazing. They are incredible beings. But there is something that God did in humanity that we read in Genesis that he did not do in a cow and he did not do in a fish. (sighs) He breathed pneuma life. He breathed spiritual life into you and into me, human beings. And so every human being has the ability to connect with God, not because of their body, but because of their spirit. Every human being that has been created has the ability to connect, to have communion with God because of the spirit that rests within us. And when your spirit connects with the spirit of God, that is when you truly come alive. When my spirit connects with the spirit of God, that is where true life is. And we think we can experience life, but it is not real life until our spirit, our created spirit, connects with the God who created it, that when the created connects with the creator. That is when true life begins to happen. And so I just set that up as a little introduction. Is that okay? Now turn to Mark chapter 12. Verses 41 to 44. Mark 12, 41 to 44. It says this, Jesus was sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put in, and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all of the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she has given out of her poverty, put in everything. She put in all she had to live on. I connect these two passages of scripture to create this title that I want to speak about this morning. And it's going to come on the screen, I hope. The title is, How Spiritual Are You? How spiritual are you? How many of you like that title? It's a question. How spiritual are you? Because all of us have a spirit. So therefore, how spiritual are you? The reason I use this passage in the book of Mark is because certain things happen in life when things are not quite as they seem. What appears to be something is not, as, is not quite what it seems. Just before I can can I just ask some of our team just to turn off the fan in the right hand corner of the room. Ben, can you just twit that off? It's just a little bit distracting. Thank you so much. And so the man comes to put in their finance into the treasury, and it's huge amounts. The lady comes in to put in a few small copper coins, and yet Jesus says what she put in was ultimately more than what the men, those, the, the people who came and put large amounts in. Because things are not always as they seem. Remember a couple of years ago, we were delighted when a family came and brought around a box of Krispy Kreme donuts for us. How many of you love Krispy Kreme donuts? And it wasn't just one, it was like a packet of like 12 Krispy Kreme donuts. And we were pumped and like got the kids in. Come on kids, let's eat our Krispy Kreme donuts. Only to open the box and find they were full of Brussels sprouts. We got pranked. Pranking families at Christmas. The disappointment in our household. When you're about to have a Krispy Kreme, but not all is as it seems... When what lies within the contents is not what appears on the packaging. You see, the rich people had the appearance of generosity. But actually, it was the poor widow who was in fact the generous one. And Jesus is sat there watching their giving. And Jesus, five minutes ago, was sat here watching your giving. I'm just joking. (laughs) I'm just joking. Kind of. He sat there watching their giving. He now watches from heaven via some Bluetooth device. That's not the point. But Jesus is sat watching their giving. The Bible says that. That's not me making that up. He sat down watching people put in their finance into the treasury. Everyone is seeing the external act of coming with their finance and putting it in. And in context in that time, people would often have a parade and often bring their finance and show, hey, look how much I have, and kind of just bring in, hopefully people get the attention. Did you know we are about to give our offering into the treasury and they would put it in and they would be the ones in the fine clothing and everyone knew that a good amount of money was going in and Jesus is just sat watching and his people are like wow look who it is it's him I wonder how much he just put in as this widow comes quietly no fanfare no trumpet sound no fashionable posh clothes and just puts in something and probably was embarrassed by the clunk clunk That many of you sometimes get embarrassed about thinking, I can't put clunks into the container because everyone's going to hear. I need to put in like just envelopes or notes. No, God sees it all. And God receives it all. Never underestimate your gift. Everyone is looking at the external, but He sees the internal before He sees the external. You see, it's so easy sometimes to give off the appearance of something. How many of you have done that before? You kind of give the appearance of something, but it's not actually quite accurate. For example, I can appear younger than I am. I know how to do that. I know how to do that. A good night's sleep, a fresh haircut, OK, put on my like young clothes, not my Sunday morning clothes, but like my young clothes and put a cap on and I can appear younger than I am. So can you. I can appear wealthier than I am. I can borrow somebody's jacket that has a brand on it. I could buy a fake jacket that has a brand on it. I could buy something from an expensive shop, wear it on one occasion and then return it. No, you would never do that, you students from ASOS. You don't own a 400 pound jacket. Asos own the 400 pound jacket. You've got the tag in the back of that jacket. You're just wearing it for one party and then it's going sent back. Feel convicted as the Jesus watches you're giving today. <laughs> I can appear more intelligent than I am. Anybody else like that? You engage in a conversation, you start like quoting like philosophers from like the last century. It's like you've been memorizing that quote for like four years, just on the one occasion, you know. And you, you kind of present this intelligence that you have. I love it, when, especially when it comes to like election time and politics. and everyone, everyone appears to be like, you know, political geniuses. Yeah, but did you know the policy from 1984? It's like, you haven't got a clue, but you are trying to appear more intelligent than you really are. I can also appear more spiritual than I actually am. And so can you. I can appear more spiritual than I actually am. I don't know if you ever sometimes look at somebody's life, I do sometimes, and I think, wow, like they're really spiritual. (laughs) Do you ever look at some people's lives and go, listen to them speak or hear them or just see them and have a conversation with them and... Wow, you're so spiritual. They they often carry a big Bible like a massive one. Not like John Knight with his phone. Like a proper, proper Bible. Big one. New King James commentary like Joyce Meyer. Like commentary days. You're there going, wow. There we are. <laughs> In the club they also use the word blessing a lot how are you? blessed (laughs) really blessed oh that's such a blessing Hmm. you have a good week? yeah it's been a blessed week but we're believing this week will be even a greater blessing spiritual you can often tell and sometimes they look so spiritual because they often tell you regularly that they pray for you (laughs) hey praying for you brother I'm going to pray for you next week I'm praying for you now I'm just praying for you. Other people, as soon as Christian music comes on, anywhere, in the car, bus, train, church, they are eyes closed, arms up. Doesn't matter what song it is. They have the word, is it Kanye? I don't know. It's just arms up. I don't know who wrote it. It could be Johnny Crabtree, Kanye. Doesn't matter to me. God was in there somewhere. And sometimes really, really, really spiritual people I'm talking those who are really spiritual now Sometimes what they do is they take their shoes off in worship Or they fall to their knees in worship They are the really spiritual people And I'm not mocking any of that Because all of those things are good things Carrying a Bible is good Blessing is good People who pray for you is good. People who respond to Christian music and worship is good. People who understand holy ground and have a moment where I don't want to stand anymore. I've got to bow my knee because the Bible talks about falling on our knees in honour and reverence to God. All of those things are good. But it doesn't make you more spiritual for doing those things. And neither does it make you less spiritual for not doing those things. Somebody once told me this, it's always stuck with me, you cannot tell a man he does not love his wife because he doesn't buy her flowers. Now buying flowers is a good thing, and all the men said, and all the women said. Buying flowers is good, but you cannot judge a man's devotion for his wife by the flowers he buys her. Because he can buy his wife flowers after he spent the night before having an affair with another woman. He can. And there can be somebody who never buys his wife flowers and is faithful and is loving and is considerate and is compassionate. And so, don't tell me somebody's more spiritual than not because of what they carry or what they do or what they don't do. I don't have a Union Jack outside my house, does that make me unpatriotic? I can't get to every Liverpool game, does that make me less of a fan? (laughs) Don't judge me, (laughs) you don't know my journey. funny how we have these misconceptions that then make us prideful because I do get to my knees or because I do carry the Bible because I do go to every Liverpool game and you don't it puts me on a pedestal above you so we can become prideful because I go to the temple courts most days and put in large amounts of finance just so you know there are aspects to my life which appear spiritual and so therefore you don't do what I do and, and you don't look how I look and you don't speak how I speak so therefore I'm, I'm way more spiritual than you. It's amazing how those misconceptions can either make us prideful or they can often make us feel guilty because I don't do as much as you and I don't give as much as you and I don't serve as much as you and I, I, I can't... I don't always get down on my knees and my arms aren't always in the air and, and, and I feel guilty because they do and I don't and, and maybe I'm not as spiritual as them, but that's just who I am. And I, the reason I wanted to speak on this today is because I know from talking to some of you, which is predominantly where we get most of our content for how we speak, <laughs> from speaking to some of you, you've asked how can you raise the, the spiritual temperature of your life? And it's a good question. How do I raise the spiritual temperature of my life? Because I love God and, you know, I'm in church and all of that is good. But I just feel a little bit like, I just don't feel necessarily that like hot with God. Or like, I feel a little bit like cold. I feel a little bit like just, mm, it's all good. Everything's fine. It is a great question because we all have a spirit. But there are levels, I believe, that you can engage with your spirit. And sometimes you feel really unspiritual even though you're not, (laughs) okay? Because all of you have a spirit. So therefore, it's not about feeling unspiritual, but really what you are feeling is you have neglected your spirit a little bit and it requires a greater level of priority from your life. The spirit is still there. It just needs a bit of attention. It needs a bit of prioritizing in your life. And so I have a few things that I do outwardly To impact my spirit inwardly. And I think these are important. for. And I don't do all these all the time. And sometimes I'm a bit slack on these. And so this is not me saying, look how spiritual I am. (laughs) Because some of these things I, I need to improve on. But I think these things might help you. Just five real quick things. Number one, you need to talk more often about the things of God. Just talk more often about the things of God you spend a lot of time talking about wrestling or you talk a lot of time talking about rugby or a lot about business or you look up spend a little bit more time just talking about the things of God who he is and what he's done in the past and what he could do in the future and the nature and the character of God just talk naturally about the things of God with your wife with your family with your kids with your friends with your colleagues with your loved ones just naturally second thing i do is i try and create a worshipful environment as often as possible okay so worshipful environment and Ab sometimes laughs because she, 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 in our car, like, you know, we can choose what we listen to and and my go-to is always kind of the worship experience and hers is too, but I'm always there going, I want like some old school Christian classics like you know none of this new stuff like I want the you know I want the old stuff no I like both but I love to create worshipful environments in our car in our home as we're having dinner maybe when you're getting ready just around the house and you don't have to necessarily always be worshiping but it's just in the background there's just the things of God in the worshipful environment of your house number three commit to regular Bible reading and prayer Just commit to it as frequently and as often as possible. It might only be a little bit, but a little bit is better than nothing. Number four, commit to regular church engagement. It really helps. Most people say now that the average, if you say you go to a church, really what you're saying is you go one in four weeks that is the average for the UK now for someone who's called an active church member is to go one in four weeks you know that tells you you're going 12 times a year and that's better than not going at all and so there's no judgment on that but I think your spiritual life and this temperature of your life would increase and would be helped if you have regular church engagement where you can worship together where you can understand the scriptures where you can get around people and get in the environment it really helps and fifthly get around others who have a genuine sense of God actively within them find them listen to them have coffee with them spend time with them because the Bible says iron sharpens iron and so all of these things will help your spirit all of these things will feed your spirit because if you can alter your input then you can change your output if I can change what comes in then I can determine and change what goes out and in Luke chapter 6, look what it says here. We just um, bring this into some focus now. Luke 6 verse 43, Jesus is speaking. And he says, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is recognised by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the goods stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Jesus is saying that trees are recognized by fruit. We can identify that as an apple tree. How do I know that? Because there are apples hanging off it. That is an orange tree. How do I know that? Because there are oranges dropping off it. Whatever is stored within grows out of your life. And in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus goes a little bit more into this in verse 15. A little bit more intense. But it's true, it's scripture. He says, watch out for false prophets. For they come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ferocious wolves. For by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from, this, from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. For every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognise them. And I wanna, the reason I speak these verses to us today And the reason I think Jesus speaks these verses is to say this. How spiritual are you? The question that we are asking this morning is measured by one thing. How spiritual you are is measured by fruit. It is measured by the fruit that comes off your life. Should I pray more? Yes. Should I fast more? It's a good idea. Should I serve more? Always a good thing, probably. Should I give more? Love to encourage that. But ultimately, they don't define spirituality. Spirituality is defined by the spirit extending out of the body, out of the branches of your life and into your life and also having an impact On other people's lives. Let me prove this to you in our final scripture for this morning. Before we draw this to a close. In Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 16. Familiar passage of scripture to many of you. But hopefully it just kind of confirms what we're saying. Galatians 5.16. Paul says. So I say walk by the spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. For they are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. For the acts of the flesh are obvious: sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy and drunkenness and orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the what? The fruit of the spirit that lies within you is love, is joy, is peace. Is patience, is kindness, is goodness, is faithfulness, is gentleness and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. You can have the biggest Bible in Leeds and have fits of rage as a regularity. You can raise your hands every week in church and be sexually impure. You can do lots of things that appear spiritual for the world to see. Just putting in my money. <laughs> do you see that? Just put it in there. Didn't make a sound because it's notes. <laughs> you can do lots of things that appear spiritual for the world to see, but not have the spirit of the widow. For when you truly live a spirit led life, You don't need to create fake things to give the appearance of spirituality. Because when you are led by the Spirit, there is nothing you can do about the fruit. When you are truly led by the Spirit, (laughs) the fruit just comes. Apple trees that are healthy and that are in the right conditions, they can't stop the apples coming off their branches those apples are coming whether it likes it or not and when the spirit inside you grows when the spirit connection with God grows when you commit to his word when you follow him wholeheartedly when you commit to growing in some of these things it's hard to stop you loving the city it's almost impossible to keep you quiet because the joy just overwhelms it's almost impossible to get you to do something wrong and, and, and like extremely bad. Why? Because there is too much self-control in you. That says, I ain't going there. I ain't even thinking about going there. The fruit, there's nothing you can do about it because it oozes out of you. And truly spiritual people ooze fruit. What is the fruit? It is love. How do we love each other? The joy, how much joy do we have? Are we in peace or we are in constant anxiety? Are we patient or do we want that thing now? Are we kind to the people in our world, to our family, to our wives, to our spouses, to our friends, to our leaders? Are we kind? Is there goodness when you see someone? They're just a good man. They're just a good woman. They, there's just goodness there. Is there faithfulness? It's people who just continually turn up in life. They're there for their partner. They're there for their kids. They're there for their church. They're there. I'm there for you. Not here, there and everywhere. Oh, kind of. No, I'm, I'm here for you. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Someone who can listen. Somebody who can have empathy. Someone who understands. Someone who doesn't fly off the handle every time but it's just gentle in their approach self control somebody who can say no somebody who can resist and someone who has <gasps> I'm not going to say what I want to say I'm not going to do what I want to do and I'm not going to act how I, why? because fruit is growing out of my spirit you know where truly spiritual people are seen they're not actually seen here They're seen in the normal places of life. And if I'm honest, this is the easiest place for us to be spiritual. But truly spiritual people are seen in their offices. And they're seen in their workplaces. And they're seen in their lectures. And they're seen in the nightclubs. And they're seen in the bars. And they're seen in the city. And they're seen in the streets. And they're seen in their football teams. That is where truly spiritual people are seen in the normal places of life because it's easy for me to be joyful and kind here but can I be joyful and kind when my house is going crazy can I be joyful and kind when somebody sends me a really like nasty text can I be joyful and kind when what I want to happen doesn't happen it's easy for me to put in the big notes the coins when everyone's watching But can I save and go without like the widow did when nobody is watching? When everyone's watching, it's easy for me to go. But when nobody's watching, can I develop my faithfulness and my patience and my joy and my peace and my love when nobody's watching like the lady did who gave everything she had, saving for weeks probably? nobody even aware that she was saving nobody even aware that she was going without nobody even aware that she was probably just using everything she had it was private, she didn't need the fanfare that is true spirituality and I want us to be an expressive loud, passionate church so this is not me today dumbing down anything in our church experience in fact I'd love more of us to raise our hands I'd love more of us to respond in the preaching and in our worship I'd love more of us to look massively engaged and passionate and fall to your knees if that is what you feel prompted to do. So this is not me denying or rebuking any of that. If, if anything, I want more of that in our church experience. But I want that to be the result of genuine fruit where the love for God, just, is just, it's taking me to my knees. Where my passion for Jesus is just, I can't just stand have to express myself. Where the fruit inside of me is growing so much that I can't just ignore the tote bag. I want to take a tote bag. I can't just ignore, I have to get involved somewhere. But out of genuine fruit, not out of guilt, not out of, well, I need to do that to appear spiritual. Because when our fruit begins to worship, when our fruit begins to serve, when our fruit begins to speak, powerful things begin to happen so the question how spiritual are you is it, it is in fact the wrong question the question is not how spiritual are you the real question is how fruitful are you that's the question today we all have a spirit we are all spiritual beings God has already breathed that into you Now engage your spirit with His and allow the fruit to come off you because the fruit will always grow from the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, let's stand to our feet today.